1: We are going to talk about some baseball because listen postseason baseball has absolutely been delivering on the entertainment front last night we saw it with a an epic finish to that braves and phillies matchup depending on which side you were rooting for i guess it's not super epic if you're a phillies fan but tonight we get game three of the alds whether it's the astros twins game or the orioles and rangers matchup so let's start with the astros and twins series this series tied at one game apiece Tonight, we have Houston plus 115 dogs on the road, Minnesota minus 135, total of eight runs. Christian Javier gets the ball for Houston, and Sonny Gray uh, gets the start for Minnesota. So, Jenks, we know the Astros are fully capable of winning just about any uh, playoff game, but Sonny Gray, one of the aces for Minnesota, do you have a side or an angle that you like here?
0: I will be playing Twins' first five money line here at minus 140. The full game money line has moved to minus 140 as well, so we're seeing money come in on the Twins. And you mentioned Sonny Gray. I'm absolutely all over him. I just love the way he's been pitching. He's given up a total of three earned runs in his last five starts. That covers a span of 26 innings. So last time we saw him in the postseason, what did he do? He was fantastic against the Blue Jays. Five shutout innings at home, struck out six. Christian Javier on the road this season, an ERA of 5.42. And I just like the way the Twins are swinging their bats right now. Carlos Correa has come alive against his former team. That's why they pay him that money that they do. Royce Lewis is a great story. He's been swinging the bat, and I'm just rooting for him just in general because you know he was the number one overall pick, two ACL injuries. Here he is. Minnesota's hitting. They have a guy as good as anyone on the mound right now. Twins' first five money line, minus 140.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't talk you off of that. I think for me, I'm going to trust both pitchers because here's the thing about Christian Javier. In the postseason, mm-hmm. this guy has been nails. Over the course of his career in the postseason, 4-1 and one with a 2-2-0 ERA. Last year, a perfect 2-0 oh with a .71 ERA. So when the October lights are shining the brightest, This is when Christian Javier is really good. And here's the thing about Minnesota that kind of worries me. Yes, they have Mm -hmm. been getting the timely hits, but also it's a team that has had had one of the highest strikeout percentages in all of baseball for the entirety of the season. Christian Javier has some plus stuff when it comes to strikeouts. And then you look at Sonny Gray, who you made the case for him. He's been incredible overall this season and somebody who I feel like is good at limiting the blowups. I think this is the best pitching matchup we've seen in this Astros and Twins series so far, because we've had like one side that's been really good. Uh, like the first game, Justin Verlander was nails. Uh, all the runs kind of came at the end of the game uh, for Minnesota. And then uh, the great start for the Twins came from Pablo Lopez, who is their other dog. Uh, Sonny Gray, I feel like is their other ace. Like you could really go 1A, 1B. So I'll go first five under four and a half. I think both of these pitchers can at least be decent here. So that's my read here. Uh, but who do we think wins the game like I know it kind of sounds like you're siding towards Minnesota because you like mm-hmm. them in the first five yeah, but do. you know this is just for for fun you like Minnesota in the full game yeah
0: I like Minnesota first five like Minnesota full game they have the relieving edge here and again I just like the way they're swinging the bats I, I would take either one. So if you're handicapping this game, you can make a strong case for Minnesota over the full game just because of their allotment of of relievers that will come in the game. And I'm just going to stick with Sonny Gray just because I feel like he's been profitable and because he's been so very good over his past few outings. But either one, I think, is a moneymaker. That's the hope, at least
1: yeah so i'll be playing the first five under five and a half uh or under four and a half excuse me and then the other play that i like that kind of caught my attention was the outprop for sonny gray it's set at 14 and a half if you think he's having a good day i think he goes over this plus anytime you can get something that is uh not a round number like i don't want him to go over mm-hmm. five and a half innings Uh, If he can just get to five innings, that's all you need for this play. That's what he did in the first game of the postseason, and somebody who has hit this in most of his starts this year. So I like that start, or I like that outs prop for Sonny Gray as well. I feel like he is a much better and reliable option than a lot of the relievers in their bullpen. So I think it would benefit him uh, to stay in this game. So I'll go over his outs prop as well. Next up, let's go to the Orioles and the Rangers as Texas leads the series two games to nothing Baltimore plus 115 in this game Texas minus 140 total of nine runs Dean Kramer gets the ball for Baltimore here Nathan Avaldi goes for Texas who's been great this playoffs uh 1-0 with a one three five 3 5 ERA and over the course of his career he's somebody with a ton of postseason experience so Jenks initially I did like the Rangers here but I'm not sure if I like them at this price
0: I like your Baltimore Orioles here that's right. That's where I'm going. I don't know if you've heard of it, a little thing called Orioles magic, but that's where we're going tonight. Now, listen, i faded Nathan Eovaldi against the Rays, and all he did was pitch an absolute gem, one run over six and two thirds innings while striking out eight. However, if you look at how the Rays were batting as a team towards the end of the regular season and during the postseason, all of their bats went, I mean, absolutely ice cold. Eovaldi wasn't the only reason for that. So I don't necessarily buy it. And here's the thing. I mentioned this yesterday. The Orioles have not been swept in a series of at least two games since May of 2022. Like, that is just absolutely insane to me. It's been well over a year. I think they still have something left in the tank to give the Rangers a fight here. Also, Dean Kramer, much better on the road this season, a 33 or 3.73 ERA. So I'm going to go for some plus money on Baltimore. Let's go Orioles money line, plus 115.
1: I do think they probably get a win here. I just don't love the pitching matchup, because Nathan Evaldi has proven to me that he is very good in the postseason. So I'm not super willing to fade him. But how's this for a trap line? The outs prop on Dean Kramer today is 10.5. I think this is the lowest outs prop that I have ever seen Posted for a starter and I know the postseason is really? a little different we we have seen some pitchers really not last deep in these games and you've got to remember this is an elimination game so if he's getting hit up he's probably going to be yanked from this game but 10 and a half it seems criminally low so I think I would just by default hit the over on that because he's at least had some good ones like I think he had a quality yeah. start earlier this season against the Rangers I think he can get to 11 outs in this game And then there is a small storyline that's going into this game, and I'm trying to put it uh, in the best way possible because I'm not somebody who's super up on Mm -hmm. the news and what's going on, but Dean Kramer has dual citizenship in Israel. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've heard, but there's all kinds of atrocities going on uh, over there. So it feels like he is playing with a bigger purpose, you know, in the back of his mind. Do you think that goes into this game?
0: I was thinking about that earlier because he talked about that. And certainly this is something that means a lot to a lot of different people out there and understandably. So I was trying to educate myself yesterday, actually the lovely Catherine and I sat down and talked about it for about half an hour, because when something like this is going on, it's, there's so much to it. And this is something that goes back, you know, decades that it's impossible to know every single ounce of that. Yes. So it's, yes. So I, I, it, well, it depends on what you're talking about, but yes, if you're talking about religious-wise, yes, you're talking about thousands of years, but then Israel becoming a state, what, in the 1930s, 1935, something like that. So it depends on the time period. Regardless, there's just so much to it that I want to at least be somewhat educated and have some sort of understanding mm-hmm. as to what's happening, why it's happening, all those different things. However, the broader point is, will it affect Dean Kramer? yes. Will it affect him in a way where he goes out and he pitches inspired baseball? I think that's the hope if you're Dean Kramer because you're pitching for something, something that is meaningful to you. But also the flip side is sometimes things like that that are very emotional can work against you because you're trying to maintain a a singular focus, but then there's something in the back of your mind. So I I would think it helps him because maybe he will use that to motivate himself. Then against the playoffs, you don't really need extra motivation. I'm not quite sure I think is probably the answer there.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough. I do think that he will be playing, you know, a little bit more emotional and with something else uh, weighing on him. But still, also, you're going against a Rangers offense that's been nothing but uh, amazing so far this postseason and for the entirety of the season. Don't know if you remember the All-Star game, but half of it was Texas Rangers. Their offense is that good. So I think that's the problem that I have uh, fading the Rangers here. Yes. The Orioles are amazing, but this Rangers uh, offense has been firing on all cylinders scored 11 last game. Granted the Orioles scored eight. I kind of knew going into the series that we would see uh, some runs, especially with some of the pitching matchups that weren't the better ones. And I would like an over if it weren't for a mm-hmm. pitching in this one, because I think that is your sabotage factor, even though I think both of these teams can score plenty of runs off of the bullpens when it comes to a total uh, nine seems pretty high for a, a playoff game to me. I think yeah. I would still lean towards the under, but both of these offenses do make me nervous.
0: Yes, me as well. So I, man, it it's tough because... Playoff baseball always makes a difference. Unders have generally been the play. Now, I know there's outliers, but on the whole, I think if you looked at the postseason, we took a sample size, we would see that unders have been the play thus far because it's just different. Pitchers get the hook early. And you were talking about Dean Kramer. I was looking at, because that's stunning to me, that his outs prop would be so low. I was also looking that he has made two starts against Texas this season and a total of what? How many innings? Six, seven innings total? Seven innings total. So seven innings over two appearances is very, very low. And with the hook being quicker because so much is at stake, particularly if the Orioles, you're talking about the Orioles who have to have a win. Maybe it makes sense looking at it from that perspective. But yeah, I don't want to bet an under on a game like this just because for either side, you can see the Orioles just exploding or vice versa and the Rangers going nuts as well.
1: Does it make you worry that we've seen kind of a lot of sweeps like the wild card round was all sweeps because in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, Mm -hmm. well, the Orioles aren't going to get swept, but like we've seen sweeps across the board. It's wild to me how some of these teams have just gone out with a whimper. Like, I just feel like I'm holding on to hope as somebody who has a ticket on the Orioles to win the American League that they're going to show something. But do you think that's a, a correct line of thinking when it comes to actual handicapping? Like we talked about like the fallacy of saying, well, they're due. Uh, but in this case, like it feels like they're due. <laughs> like, well,
0: I, I think you're right. And, and here's the thing is that and maybe this is something you were saying about the Dodgers earlier, but it does hold some water, which is it's not necessarily oh the teams do. It's that this is such a talented team that it would seem a little shocking for a team this good who was this great during the regular season to go out this quickly. So I think when someone is saying you're due, that's kind of what they're saying. Same thing with the Dodgers. And I said this earlier, I wouldn't say, oh, the Dodgers are so good, but also the Dodgers were the best team in baseball after a loss. So that is a huge thing when you're talking about incorporating regular season success into your handicap. And I think the same thing holds true here, which is, okay, the Orioles were awesome on the road this season, better on the road than at home. We know how talented they are, and the value is on them at plus money. So maybe that's the case for Baltimore.
1: Yeah, the Orioles were good in any scenario during the regular Mm -hmm. season. It's just we haven't seen it so far. So maybe this is the day that they finally show up to the postseason. Oh, we need you to do something. We're poking you with the stick. Please, for the love of God, Baltimore, bring back that Orioles magic. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.